In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're gonna have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. All right. Well, as you guys may or may not have noticed earlier this week, we were temporarily rebranded the Cryptocurrency Success, whatever the hell that thing was, (laughs) podcast. Oh my gosh, that was so, it was actually not funny at first, but then it got to be really funny when we realized that we weren't going to be able to like fix it in a snap. And so we were just like, it was a good example of like, well, I guess this is just happening today and you guys will all understand. So thanks for for being understanding. And quite frankly, thank you for letting us know. Those of you up on the East Coast early, we woke up to a bunch of messages that alerted us there was a problem and and that is super helpful to us. So thank you so much. And sorry about that. Yeah. If you did take any of that random dude's cryptocurrency advice, I let us know how it went. Yeah, did we you have make actually... money? Did you lose money? But I don't know. Yeah, we have no idea how good that guy is, if he's a complete quack or if he's like super awesome. We have no idea. If that were great, then we I feel like we need to cut. I know. <laughs> but if not, don't blame us. So yes. we'll we'll take it there. But thank you guys for hanging in with us. We were just patting ourselves on the back for 200 episodes and no problems. And then 201, it's always that one that gets you. That 201 was a real bitch. Yeah, right after. Yeah, right after you pat yourself on the back, be like, oh, we're pretty cool. I felt like that was the same thing when we had, when we were like really cranking at pelvic sanity right before COVID. And it was like we were just crushing. And then it was like, and just kidding, you think you're doing good and you're going to shut down for 10 weeks and ruin all hopes of your financial goals for that year. Yeah, exactly. Well, guys, got a couple of interesting things for you just in terms of the announcement side. One, we are going to have something very interesting for those of you guys on the business side coming up. So just stay tuned for that. I don't have a ton of details yet. We're still working through that. But you guys know that if you want to go on and do an application to learn more to work with us. That is online at pelvicptrising.com slash business. We're going to have some interesting stuff for you guys there. Yeah, wait, real quick. Tell them exactly what that is. Yes, that is a survey of where you are at, a snapshot of where your business is. And really, it just lets us take a look and see, like, is there something that we have that is a good fit for you? So we've got a couple of different things, a couple of different programs. We work with a lot of people, obviously, one-on-one. We have some standalone things. And so we are just all about making sure that you guys are able to get the best resource that we have, that you're not guessing, like, well, they have this. I, I think it might work. And so we will do that. A lot of times we'll even jump on a quick like 15-minute call and just be like, hey, what's what's going on with the business? Like, talk to me here because I love doing that. So whenever I have a little bit of time on my schedule, I end up opening up some time for you guys on that stuff too. 
and just kind of talking through business stuff. And it's super fun. So that's what that is. It'll take you five minutes or so, but it just gives us an idea that A, you're interested in, in some of the resources that we have and B, we can connect and figure out what's a good option for you. So do that. If you're interested with that side, the other thing, Pelvicon, we haven't talked about in a minute, but Pelvicon's getting close. Dude, we are freaking excited. It is coming up so fast, actually. There's like 160, when this comes out, 162 or 161 days till Pelvicon. We are pretty stoked about it. And today, or really yesterday, but today, if you're listening to this on Thursday when it comes out, we have, you make sure to check your email because we have a lot of information about the different add-ons for Pelvic to enhance your Pelvicon experience. Yes, one of the reasons we've been a little radio silent about it the last couple of months is we've been really working hard behind the scenes putting together some cool stuff that I think is really going to build on the Pelvicon experience. So things like a business owner's lunch, if you guys are there and own your own business, if you're a clinical director someplace, if you are even anticipating that that might be something that you want to do in the future, we're going to have a business owner's lunch. It's going to be some great food. Andrew Real of Southern Public Health and I, actually, am going to be getting a chance to do a cool presentation for you guys on growing, on the patient experience, and the business side for all of that. So if you're interested on the business side, that's an awesome opportunity. The closeout dinner, this is going to be so much fun. Dude, this play is epic. If you are coming to Pelvicon, you have to go to the closeout charity dinner. We're so friggin' excited. It's going to be at a local wine bar in Atlanta. So you get a buffet dinner, drinks, and a freaking magician entertainment. We're not joking. We couldn't be more excited about the entertainment. And the best, 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 if the magician wasn't the best part, the best, best part about it is that it is going to specifically... All of 100% of the net proceeds are going directly to the Global Women's Health Initiative and specifically really going to help support a couple of two of the Pelvicon speakers who are doing a lot of work on improving the maternal health outcomes for pregnancy and postpartum. So I can go, I can drink wine, and I could support a great charity. This sounds like my kind of deal. Dude, yes. so great. And so that is really exciting. That's going to be on Saturday night, the closeout dinner. And then Jessica and I will be up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in the morning on Sunday to do post-con, our post-con conference is going to be on treatment strategies for, for coccyx pain. We are super excited about that. There's going to be an internal component and external treatment techniques that we go over how to manage people with tailbone pain. So if you guys are Pelvicon participants, make sure to head and check out your email or go to the website and grab those. Spots are limited in all of those, and that's not our choice, guys. That is just... Like the physical locations that we have things in. So the wine bar we're doing, this is going to be awesome, but there's about 110 spots available in that. And so once those are gone, they're gone. It's completely first come, first serve. Same thing basically with some of the other stuff as well. So just make sure that if you're interested, you don't miss out on that kind of stuff. And if you are interested, but you don't have tickets to Pelvicon, make sure you register for next year's when that's ready. (laughs) And increase your FOMO right now. Yes. So what we wanted to talk about today, it's going to be a little bit of business shorty, but we have gotten a lot of questions about what to sell at your clinic. And not only what to sell, but how to sell it. 
Well, and my answer to this is, as always, it sounds flippant, but why? Don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't sell things at your clinic if you're on the fence about it. And there's a long answer behind that. But a lot of times people think, I think mistakenly, that there is a lot of money to be made or it's actually a revenue stream to be able to sell stuff to patients. And I would say generally the answer is that's not the case. You don't have enough patient volume coming through the door. You know, you might, again, if a lot of times I think these questions are motivated if you've come from like a really big ortho clinic where you're getting three patients an hour in the door and there's eight therapists working. It's like, yeah, that's a lot of people to sell stuff to. If you're a smaller solo practice, you're getting like six people in the door every day. That's not that many people to sell things to. And so the first question I always ask is why is it because you really want to make money and have a new revenue stream? If so, I can almost promise you that your time and energy is going to be better spent doing something else in the business. Or is it because you really want to provide something in the clinic that supports patient care that you want patients to be able to get right then and there? And if so, then that's a really good reason to do it. And we can start talking about it then. But don't go into selling pelvic wands or selling lube and think you're going to get rich doing it. Yeah, definitely not. It should really should be all about patient convenience. And what do you actually believe in? And what do you find yourself recommending to patients that basically want to eliminate barriers to having that patient have to just take a pelvic wand, for instance, you know, you're talking it up, you finally convince them that like, this is the thing, this is what's going to help them carry on their treatment once they stop coming, like it's really important for them in terms of their plan of care. And you show it to them. Maybe you have a demo in there. And it's like, great. Now, it's like, go and do it. Well, you know what, you guys? A lot of people have difficulty with follow-through, right? We all do that. Oh, and even if the most well-meaning patient, if you let them do it, it's going to be they come back next week. They still haven't done it. And especially if you're telling somebody that towards the end of their plan of care, they might never actually have time to go home, go to the website. And frankly, that's not a very fun purchase to make, okay? No one's like excited to be like, yes, I have pelvic floor dysfunction and I really want to get this cool wand. It's like they want to spend 50 bucks on something else, not that. So, you know, if you're going to make them have, that's a barrier to getting them care and, and helping them to it's a barrier. And then what else happens, right? They come in and you recommended a certain thing because you knew that was the right thing. And they went on Amazon and they couldn't find it or they found something that was cheaper, right? How many times did we used to do that with foam rollers? We'd tell them to go get this foam roller and they would come back in with this $7, like, I don't even know what it was made of. It was more like a pillow than a foam roller. Oh, right. And then they always are buying the wrong size because they don't really get it, right? They're like, oh, well, I didn't think I needed one this big if I was only going to use it for my leg. And it's like, no, we needed the three-foot one, not the little travel one. And it's just like, right? So again, we cannot be the limiting factor to our patient's success. And sometimes if we can have great intentions from the therapist standpoint, the patient can have all good intentions to go home and do it right away. And then guess what? Something gets in their way. So point being is that if you're deciding on what to sell, you needed to make sure that there are things that you believe in, that you recommend a lot, and that where it makes it really convenient for the patient to just get right then and there. 
And a wand is a perfect example. That matters because the patient can actually come in. They could buy it that time. You can actually show them how to use it. During that session. Right. And you don't even have to have them go away and wait for shipping and all the rest of that stuff. The other things to think about just logistically. One, you can't run up your prices like crazy because Amazon. That's it. That's a sentence. Because Amazon. (laughs) Like you can't go ahead and charge, you know, for a foam roller, whatever you want to charge. This is another reason why we go back to like, this isn't a money-making thing because you don't want the patient to have the experience of coming in and buying something from you and then going and looking on Amazon and finding it for $40 cheaper. So you're really constrained when it comes to pricing. Also be thinking about, is this thing easy to store? Foam rollers are something we recommend a lot, but they are a pain in the ass to store. Yeah. And so you've got to balance those two things. Now, all of a sudden, right, everyone was oh, well, I'm going to make some money selling some foam rollers. It's like, well, you just had to rent an extra storage locker in order to store all of the damn things. That's where all your money went to them. So always be thinking about that. It's one of the things like, do I actually have room for this? And especially, do you have room for the amount that you might have to purchase in order to get the better price break? Because when you're talking about buying, sometimes you get a wholesale break on the price once you buy six or 12. In the foam roller case, they have box sales where you have to buy 12 or 24. Well, do you have room to store all that stuff? Now, at Pelvic Sanity, we do because we have a freaking 10-room clinic. But before, when we had a smaller area, we were storing that shit in our garage and it was really a pain. And then we had to schlep it back and forth. And then we were out at the clinic and we didn't have communication. We didn't say it. And then someone's selling a foam roller. We don't have it there. (laughs) It's like a huge pain in the ass. So just make sure that it is storable. One other thing that is a little bit of a challenge if you guys are doing this completely by the letter of the law, you're supposed to be doing different things for your accounting when you have products in inventory like that. So your accountant may ask you, do you have goods in inventory that you're selling? Now all of a sudden you've got four things in there, but you have to pay your accountant a whole bunch more money to add those in unless you just ask your accountant like, hey, you know, like, yeah, but not really. Let's just count that as nothing. (laughs) Let's just just pretend like we don't. But things that are good things to be thinking about if you've gotten past this and if you're still wanting to sell things and if you have a bunch of stuff that you recommend and you think are really important for your patients, I think of these in three kind of categories of stuff that we sell at the Pelvic Sanity. We have a list of a lot of our equipment that Nicole has put out for you guys if you guys are looking for that, both stuff that we buy personally, but also stuff that we get for the clinic that we can sell at the clinic. But the three big categories are internal, stuff, external, and informational products. And so, you know, internal products, you're thinking about all of the things that you're doing for patients that they can do internal self-release with. So wands, dilators, and then things like lube, hopefully not vaginal weights. (laughs) Well, there are some people that like vaginal weights. So if you're a vaginal weight person, then go for it. I am not at all. And so we do not have those in any part of the thing. But, you know, if... We actually used to carry LVs at the clinic, right? Because I, although I am not a biofeedback person, if somebody really wanted it, I do think that the LV is one of the better ones out there. And we, I just wanted it to be able and accessible. Here you go. Go do this at home. We're not doing that shit in the clinic because there's a lot of other things that we can be doing that's more important than that. Sidebar, go listen to the biofeedback <laughs> podcast on that. But 
right? It's still something that was relatively compact. LV had a great program at one point, and that is something that you can consider doing, right? So the internal products, wands, dilators, lubes, make sure too that it can be more than just samples too. If you really want this person for the lube, if you really want the person that you're recommending the wand to to be really doing it at home, then they need a bigger thing than just the lube samples that you're going to get. Help them to create a habit and give them the tools to do that. So make sure you have the whole shebang there for them to be doing it. Not just being like, oh, well, here's this wand and now you have to go to CVS or wherever to buy lube, right? Again, it's not shameful or anything, but nobody really loves to go to CVS or any other place and buy lube. And frankly, some of the places, some of the things that we recommend aren't even available at that, right? So again, decrease the barriers to helping your patient get what they need. Just have it all be there. Cool. So internal tools, external tools, you guys probably, this is one that probably varies a lot depending on your ethos, but you know, those are things like foam rollers, like Franklin balls, like we sell the Theragun or whatever it's called, the Hypervolt at our place. There are, you know, we've done melt things. We've done, you know, if you're a yoga person, then that's yoga blocks and maybe a yoga mat. And we do the thing too, where, you know, it can be really something helpful for kinesio tape or KT tape where you know we do not nickel and dime our patients so if we're going to use kinesio tape in the session we'll totally do that once or twice but then if this is going to be a thing like if we're taping their belly for pregnancy or a diastasis or something then we say hey like you need to i'm going to show you how to do this at home and you need to buy and bring in your own tape and then we can show them how to use it in a variety of different ways it's for their sacrum and for whatever else we're doing. So that's another example of like an external tool that can vary based on your ethos. We sell sacroiliac joint belts. Again, you know, whether you quote unquote believe in those or not, I feel find them, they can be really helpful for patients if we're doing our job and, and making sure that we're testing and making sure they're appropriate in the right way. I want that to be Super easy for them to be able to get right then and there. No one's going to go home and be like, oh, please, let me go and spend $50 on this belt that reminds me that I have a problem and also is kind of ugly with my with my clothes. We need to show them right there that it can work, that it helps them, that it decreases their symptoms and be like, bam, like we have it right here for you. And we can also make sure that you get the right size so they're not fiddling around and having to return and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And the last category is informational stuff. So that is basically just books and other information that you recommend to your patients. So if you found that you're recommending the same book again and again to people, that might be something that's great to just carry at the clinic. And it doesn't have to be super complicated. You can just go and get four or five on Amazon and have a little mini library of stuff that you can either loan out to patients, sell to patients, whatever it is that you want to do. But that way, again, you're telling them about this great resource. Are they really going to go online, buy it and wait for it to come and then open it up? Or are you going to have them be able to do that right then and there? So the two biggest things for us there, we obviously have our book, The Interstitial Cystitis Solution. We see a ton of patients with IC or suspected IC. And so that is something that we want to be very easily accessible at the clinic. And then also, I love the Protectometer book from Explain Pain, which is the little patient workbook portion. Super well done, very simple, has their own little like post-it note for dims and sims. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to go 
on the Noe page and look at Lorma Mosley and David Butler's Explain Pain book. And there's a patient version of this little workbook and it's awesome. And I'll give it to patients all the time for homework. And we fill it. They, sometimes their homework is to fill it out, bring it back, and we go over it together. So again, to summarize, internal things, external things, and informational things are the three different categories. Make sure that you know why you're selling it and you know how you're going to be able to store that and if it's worth it for you to do so. We do not, again, because we don't care about, we're not hoping that this is going to be a huge revenue stream for pelvic sanity, that we do not do a crazy markup for patient because like Jesse said, because Amazon. So I would never want somebody to to go and look at the same product on Amazon and see that they can get it for $30 cheaper. We just make sure that the prices are are about the same, that they could get for it somewhere else, maybe a little bit more for convenience and make sure that we can cover our shipping because we don't want to lose money on having these things in here. But again, this is not a huge money maker. Yeah, I think that just about wraps it up. So that is our advice. Don't think of that stuff as a money maker. If you are going to do it, it needs to be because you think it actually provides a benefit to your patients and you're going to need to provide it. Basically, hopefully the idea is don't lose money on it. Yeah. And then wait, real quick, Jess, go over really quickly because it's actually pretty simple. The whole thing about how to actually do this in terms of like the wholesale license and stuff. Well, the question is whether or not you really want a wholesale license. And this is another part of the huge pain in the ass of all of this. So if you do decide that you want a wholesale license, basically, and in the United States, you end up paying a tax on products that you buy. And so you only have to pay that tax once. So a wholesale license basically allows you to buy products tax-free from some supplier, but then you have to turn around and charge that tax to your customers. That's all well and good. It means that you can buy that and go ahead and mark it up, sell that. But the problem is, is that you have to get a wholesale license. Um, sometimes it's called a seller's permit. And you're going to have to file a little separate type of tax return with your local tax agency. So a lot of times people go through all that rigmarole and find out that they're selling $7 worth of stuff. And you now you just had to take three hours to figure out your sales taxes in order to do that. So if you're selling a very little amount you might want to think about just buying it direct, paying the sales tax, and then not having to pay the sales tax when you pass it on. So I hope that's a quick summary of all of that. But uh, basically, if you're not going to be really serious about selling you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars worth of products, then it might make sense not to go that wholesale route and just buy the stuff, pay the tax on it, and then you don't have to pass that on to patients. You don't have to keep track of it. It all keeps your accounting a whole lot easier uh, if you're going to be a smaller seller. So, guys, I hope that this episode has been helpful for you. If you've ever asked yourself, what do we want to sell at the clinic? If you have other suggestions, if you have thoughts, please let us know. We do always want to keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise. Rise.